0: Welcome to Ray Black Streets of London And with me Ray Black Ah Ah oh. 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 oh oh, Diddly 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 Just joining us. I am Ray Black, and this is Streets of London with me, Ray Black. Thank you. Thank you for coming with me one last time as we navigate the famous alleyways and avenues. The notorious main streets and muses fill our heads with the knowledge of the Streets of London With me Ray Black I am Ray Black This is Streets of London With me Ray Black And now please welcome to the stage a very dear friend of mine Ladies and gentlemen the one and only, Gordon Sumner. You can't say we don't put on a show. There's only one way to boil an egg. David Jason. Right hand down, son. That's it. No, we've gone too far. That was a lovely dream. Black capes are as much of a London tradition as the royal
1: family.
0: Now, tonight's episode, as some of you may know, is the season finale. And you might be getting a little bit emotion about that. I know I certainly am. It has been an honour and a privilege to share the back of my cab with you these past few difficult months. Now I'm no hero. I'm just a humble key worker. I do what I can with what I've got. But there's more than one way to save a life. Kevin Bacon taught me that. And if I can save lives with my limitless knowledge, then it's my duty to do that. So don't stick your head in the oven. Don't top yourself, please. Because if you do that, you're gonna miss out on all the goodies we got for you. Come with me get in the back of the cab help yourself to travel sweets and let me show you around one last time that's the spirit today's episode the detectives among you will already have worked out from the title of the episode we're dealing with scotland yard and i hope you haven't used up all your little brain cells because we've got a puzzle to solve <laughs> No, it isn't Eddie Max's tax return, which we all know is a little bit fiddle-dee-dee. And when I say fiddle-dee-dee, I mean fiddle dee diddle dee diddle diddle dee I mean the amount of cash he keeps under... Whoa. Right, that's an advert. And now a word from today's sponsor, who today is called Devon Today. Devon Today's sponsor. Not Devon Today, as in today is his name every day. But today, Devon is our sponsor. Today. I should make that clear. Devon is his name every day. Just not today. Devon is a maxing whale therapist, uh, a male waxing therapist in Crawley, conveniently located just a 10 minute walk from the station. Don't know what station that is, but I imagine it's crawling. Waxing prices, this is what you're here for. Chest and abs wax, £35. Abs wax, £10. Chest wax, £25. Back, shoulder, neck and half arm wax, £50. Basic back wax, £30. Upper half leg wax, £30. Lower half leg wax, £30. Full leg wax, £30. Back and butt wax, £60. Boyzillion wax, £45. Stay tuned for part two of the menu. Anyway, Scotland Yard. Everyone thinks they know Scotland Yard. You know, Sherlock Holmes, Bobby's on the beat, Juliet Bravo. It's a famous institution. It's on the news. It's part of the fabric of British society. But as you know by now, on the streets of London, with me, Ray Black, we delve deeper than most. We get to the nitty gritty. So let's start scratching that surface, shall we? <laughs> Second crack wax, 45 pound. Butt wax, 35 pound. Jewel wax, this is a wax... Just for the penis and sack. That's interesting, it's £35. Butt cheek wax, £20. Crack wax, £20. Chest, sack and crack wax, £80. Back sack and crack wax, also £80. Please call me for the price of the treatment you require. Uh, Not me, Devon, who today is our sponsor today. Well, Devon, I think we've covered it all. If I need a wax, I know who to call. You'll probably find that most historians will tell you Scotland Yard is the headquarters of the Metropolitan Police, the world's first police force, and is named after their original address, the Street Scotland Yard, which runs just off Whitehall and is a handy little cut-through if you're looking to bypass Trafalgar Square. The street is called Scotland Yard and the world's first police HQ is based there, so an open and shut case, right? No, wrong. And if you take things at face value, then that's an easy mistake to make. But I'm not most historians. And to the trained eye, something's not right. See, the term Scotland Yard was a nickname for coppers way back in the 1830s, which was before the Met Police had their first headquarters. And by the way, that HQ was on Whitehall. Great Scotland Yard was the street to the rear of the building. And it only got that name in the 1850s. Mm, this is a conundrum. The name Scotland Yard, meaning police station, was around some 20 years before the Street Scotland Yard, which also happened to house the first police station. It almost looks as if the street was named after the police and not the other way round. But that begs the question, what did the coppers have to do with a yard in Scotland in the 1830s? Well, it turns out The first time the words Scotland Yard were mentioned in newsprint was in relation to a police officer named William Bowler, back in 1831. Now, Inspector Bowler was an unremarkable man who hadn't gained much notoriety for solving crimes but who was famous for his suggestion to make the top hats worn by policemen shorter, rounder and tougher. The result, the policeman's helmet, or custodian's helmet, to give it its official name, was so successful that he was then commissioned by the Earl of Coke to make an even shorter version for use while he was riding. Apparently the Earl of Coke didn't like his top hat being pinged off by low-hanging branches and needed a tough, Rugged alternative. Legend has it, the Earl put the new design on the floor, stamped on it twice, and paid him 20 guineas. The bowler hat was born. Mm. Uh, was last night's cool, my that is. Mm. Mm. Oh. Had the leftovers for breakfast. Now, as it happens, that's not what made the bowler hat famous. If all it took to make something famous was to be stamped on by an Earl, you'd have more than just tea bags and sandwiches named after him. What made Bowler Hats famous was, unquestionably, the Wild West. Yeah! Come on, boy. More cowboys than you know wore Bowler Hats. You're darn too... Whoa, ain't no mistaking, that's a swell hat. Sure, Ollie would put some in cowboy hats now. But the truth is, cowboys didn't wear... Cowboy hats? No, sir. Cowboy hats were shit. About as useful as a rattlesnake dildo. <coughs> if you were riding a horse, they'd just catch the wind and off they go. Well, darn it. Good for nothing, cowboy hat. Bowler hats Was small Snug And they kept the sun off your face and neck That's the job And they did it like a charm Without blowing off It's a clever design Billy the Kid Jesse James Doc Holliday Buffalo Bill Lou Diamond Phillips All these boys All the young guns Now there's a fantastic movie Really one of the all time greats I mean the legacy of that film Kiefer Sutherland Charlie Sheen Emilio Estevez uh, 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 and Dermot Mulroney. You can't buy that sort of influence. And it's still inspiring up-and-coming filmmakers today. Where was I? Right, the young guns all wore bowler hats. But it wasn't just cowboys. Who else have you got? Odd job. he wore a bespoke model. Them blokes in Clockwork Orange, they had him on, and that's in the future. So it was popular in the future, in the 60s, And in cowboy times, that's a successful hat. So, William Bowler puts his feet up and retires on all the money, right? Well, no, I'm afraid not. William Bowler, bless him, doesn't make any money out of this. He gets his 20 guineas commission and he goes back to the day job. Yes, his name carries on to this day. But you have to remember that in the Wild West, there were precious few licensing laws when it came to headwear. So Bowler had to carry on as a lowly policeman, just barely scraping by. All the while, your kids and your herps of this world, riding his hats for all they're worth. It's nothing short of, of unfair. You've got to bear in mind, in London, in the 1830s, life wasn't good. Disease was everywhere. <laughs> Boils, pus, scurvy. We didn't have antibiotics, we didn't have painkillers. You had a toothache? Well, well, you had a toothache for life. Or you got your tooth ripped out. Blood everywhere. 50-50 chance you're going to survive. And not a good 50-50. You want to have a baby? Well, Well, well again, blood all over the place. And there's a 50-50 chance you and the baby are going to die and, and, and a bad 50-50. Oh, I've got a rash. Well, of course you've got a rash. It's the 1830s. Oh, can I have some germaline to put on it? What's that then? Can I have a hot shower? Not invented, mate. Or, or just a cold shower then, just to, just to stop the itching for ten minutes. <coughs> no, no, you can't have that. What you can do instead is steep in this stagnant pool. And hope you, the scabies, are too full from the previous (laughs) occupant to infect your epidermis. Because that's life in the 1830s. (sighs) And being a policeman wasn't any easier. They didn't have any funding. No HQ. They didn't have any structure. Crime and crooked politicians oversaw all the major industries and ran the cities. London included. If one considers the precursors to the police, the Bow Street Runners, you can see the problem. The bailiffs of the Magistrates Court in Bow Street were famous for issuing warrants for arrests, but as the name suggests, they had to do this by running after the guilty party. No horses, no carriages, it was just men in top hats running. (laughs) Morning, sir. Bow street runners. have a warrant for your arrest for stealing vegetables. Come with me, please. Oh, shit. He's running away. Go on, get him, lads. Oh, fucking top hat's fallen off again. It's bloody 1830. You'd think they'd come up with something better than this. It's like wearing a box on my head. I look like an asshole. Like an anus. What are you looking at? Shut up! It's only a cocking turnip. It's no wonder crime was rife. Wish it was, by the way. In the 1830s, London was a rich city. Lots of imports coming in. Lots of tax dodging. Lots of money falling into crime families' hands. In a nutshell, London was a haven for all kinds of dodgy shenanigans. Gang warfare, opium dens prostitution, nastiness. So how does a solitary policeman interrupt that cycle of nastiness, that nasty cycle? Well, I'll tell you what William Bowler does. He goes on holiday to Glasgow and he has a bit of a break from it all. Fair enough, I say. I mean, life is tough. His wife's giving him some in the air. Not like that. It's more, William Bowler, come here, please. All Bowler's trying to do is make a difference, trying to stop crime, trying to solve the world's problems, trying to make a difference, trying to do the right thing, trying to stop crime. But eventually, he needs a break, mostly from his wife.
1: I thought I said you should take out the patent on that fucking rounded top hat of yours, William Bowler. Hmm? What did I say to that Earl? I said... No royalties? Well, you take that bowler hat and you shove it up your ass, your earl's field. And what did he say to that?
0: It won't fit.
1: Yes, yes. And uh, and what did I say to that earl? Do you recall William Bowler? I said, well, (laughs) let's see if we can just fucking round those edges off a little bit more then. See if it softens its way up your sphincter just a little bit. And what did he reply to that? Do you recall William Bowler? (coughs) William Bowler! (coughs) William! Listen, please. He says...
0: Mrs. Bowler, my dear, I don't think it would fit up any human sphincter, human sphincter, given that it's got a diameter of about 16 inches. I think it's unfeasible. Possibly some sort of aquatic mammal. But no human sphincter, human sphincter, certainly... Um, what did I reply? (laughs) Ah, I said, don't you,
1: Mrs. Buller, me, you early fuck! Have you ever seen an aquatic mammal? Be honest, as if you've got any idea what an aquatic mammal sphincter looks like you carry along these lines and I will take this hat and I will personally modify it so that it can fit up a human rectum and when I say a human rectum I mean your human rectum do you have any
0: idea what I mean your illness and he says Mrs Bowler you make your point most forcefully and succinctly forcefully
1: and succinctly You better never use those fucking words with me ever again! Is that
0: clear? They're not inappropriate words, given the context of what you were just... Go very well!
1: All I wanted was what was best for you. I tried, I tried so hard! And you... You went and signed away the fucking commission!
0: So, he took a break and he went up to Glasgow, where, on a bit of a liberating night out, he entered into a Glaswegian drinking competition and won. This was unusual. William Bowler wasn't a big man, he wasn't a stout man, and yet, in the Silito Inn in Glasgow, the Silito Inn in Glasgow, fairly nice it is too, he drank a yard of ale faster than anyone else. He won fair and square and was roundly applauded for his achievement. It was only when he got back to London, clutching his Yard of Ale trophy, that he realised what had happened. Compared to English Yards, the Yard of Ale in a Scottish pub was shorter and the penny dropped. A little bit of detective work revealed that in 1831, units weren't standardised across the UK. There were Scotland Yards, Irish Gallons, Orkney ounces, Cornish Feet, and Welsh Pints. And while these measurements were, broadly speaking, the same, they weren't exactly the same and unscrupulous merchants could make a racket through the gap. Of course, while this activity wasn't strictly illegal, since they were all recognised by Royal Charter, it was dodgy. Well dodgy. And it went all the way to the top. Some of the biggest names in dairy were involved. And William Bowler blew the lid right off of the top of it within a year the government had standardized all the units and instantly stripped the big crime syndicates of the uk and london of a huge wedge of their income weakening them substantially and pocketing a massive tax boon for the country tip of the hat to you mr bowler ran the headlines and he was rewarded with the UK's very first police HQ, on Whitehall. And he put the original Scotland Yard of ale glass over the rear entrance to the station. Over time, the street itself became known as the Scotland Yard. then divided into Lower Scotland Yard and Great Scotland Yard, which was in that Bond film, Spectre. I still can't believe it was Blofield. I did not see that coming at all. I thought it was going to be Alec Trevelyan from Goldeneye, Sean Bean. All the signs were pointing to that. And when he said it's me, Ernest Stavro Blowfield, I I nearly fainted. I was so surprised. So surprised. Sorry, and to this day, the Silito tartan the, uh, Sillito-Tartan, from the original Glasgow pub, is still on the Met Police uniform, and very dashing it is too. This one's brand new from Savage Garden. Right, come on, who let Ken Bruce in the studio? Ah, uh, anyway, invented a hat, broke up a nationwide criminal racket, and christened the world's very first police HQ. Not bad for one lifetime, eh, Eddie? I stood next to Sean Bean at a urinal once. And now an important announcement. Last week, we read out an advert for some free garden chairs. Turns out, someone was having a laugh. Those chairs weren't free for the taking. Whoever took those chairs, please can you return them? The owner would like her chairs back. She's having some friends over for a barbecue and needs the chairs. She's also added here... Martin, I know it was you, Martin. Don't think I don't know it was you, Martin. Sounds like she knows it was you, Martin. As you were. Well, I'm sorry to say it wasn't all happily ever after for Mr Bowler. These... Pint diddlers, you see. They were nasty people. They didn't forgive and forget. They made his life a living hell. They used to hijack his milk deliveries and skim a little off the top as payback for what they lost. And then they'd leave the top off so that by the time he came to pour it on his cereal, it had gone sour and curdled. As if the neighbourhood cats hadn't got there first. He was out and about and he dropped his hat, somebody would run up behind him and stamp on him. What's that for? He'd say. The Welsh paint sends its regards. Doof. Right in the face. And then one day, he wakes up and he finds a bent one metre rule at the end of his bed. It's a message. And he says to his boss, that's it, I'm done, I'm finished, I want immunity, I want to take the deal, I want a new name, I want a new life, on the other side of the world. So they sent him to uh, Hove, near Brighton, which is where a lot of the witness protections go. Eddie's friend Tony, uh, Bent Tony, he went to Hove, got in a lot of trouble with the Albanian Mafia, ended up having to inform on them, and they sent him to Hove. What name did they give him in the end, Eddie? Uh, Brixton. Tony Brixton, was it? No, that's definitely it. Tony Brixton runs a B&B on Seafield Road. Lovely little place. Do visit if you get the chance. Speaking of Scotland Yard. Now, once upon a time, Eddie worked in a pub in Dundee. You won't mind me telling this, will you, Eddie? So this big Scottish guy walks up to the bar, orders a pina colada. And Eddie thinks, oh, fair enough. And he mixes him a pina colada. And he doesn't want to piss this bloke off, so he does it proper, all umbrellas and cherries and shaky shaky. And the bloke leans forward, grabs him by the collar, and says, Do I look like I'm on holiday? It turns out he was ordering a pint of lager. And Eddie, oh dear, Eddie makes a Caribbean cocktail in Dundee, because to Eddie, it sounded like pina colada. And then Eddie says, I'm sorry, I couldn't understand you because of the accent. And then the situation rapidly deteriorated, didn't it Eddie? It turns out that that bloke, the Scots fellow, was three days out of choky, and he really didn't like being publicly mocked. Not only that, but there'd been an incident inside with a pineapple and an umbrella. And now, here they were in his drink, Uh, he went mental. He stabbed a guy in the chest with a citrus knife, and then sliced another up with the twirly bit of a corkscrew, and threw him out the window. He then dragged him back inside, emptied a ploughman's snack bag down his throat, and um, filled him up with ale from the tap. And he covered him in mustard, Or, or, or maybe it was salad cream, I don't remember. A couple of birds tried to intervene but he cut them down with scampy fries, crisps scratchings anything in a packet it was awful and he took the cocktail muddler Eddie had made his drink with and he muddled the teeth of a couple of Celtic fans in the corner put umbrellas in their eyes and, and I'll never forget it, he says Here's your two-for-one cocktail. <laughs> Finally, he, um, He picks up the pina colada. Downs it in one, but... Uh, most of it didn't go in his mouth, it just went... Down his cheeks and his football shirt. And then he smashes the glass on his own face. He glassed himself. It was like the bit in airplane when he says he has a drinking problem and he pours orange squash all over himself. Except this. this wasn't funny at all. There was blood, coconut on every surface. <laughs> Literally on every surface. They did an episode about it on 999 with Michael Burke, apparently, when the cops and the paramedics got in, their shoes were getting stuck in the carpet, not on the carpet, in the carpet, because there was so much blood and coconut, it was like a, like a bog, yeah, like a bog. Eddie was alright though, weren't you mate? Eddie ducked down behind the fridges and got off scot-free. Even though it was all his fault. That's Eddie Max for you baby. Eddie to the Max. Oh Eddie, I'm teasing. It's an easy mistake to make. Pinta Lager, Pina Colada. Pinta Lager, Pina Colada. And if you like those and getting caught in the rain, then do join me for Popmaster right after the 10 o'clock news. Thanks, Ken. I wouldn't miss it for the world. What a lovely man, Ken Bruce. What a lovely, lovely man. I did actually win Popmaster a couple of times. As a listener, not a contestant. I do apply once every month, but I think I'm probably too good for it. I have to make it fair, you know. So, there you go. That was Scotland Yard. A little trip down Mystery Lane about which I think we can say case closed it was william bowler at the silly tow with the scotland yard of ale ah silly Silito, silly tool silly stiletto mm, now you're talking a pair of stilettos and a nice warm pot of ky jelly here's smooth operator by shardy and this was streets of london and i've been ray black now just before you go Many of you have been asking, where are you going now, Ray? What's next for you? And thank you for your interest. We've had some very interesting conversations. Uh, Me, Eddie, Neville at the depot wants to get involved. He could really bring a lot to the table. Between you and me, Eddie has his moments, but he, he just doesn't have the drive or the connections to take this to the next level. He's talking about another podcast, maybe a London Live fly on the wall. And I'll say to him, Eddie, who listens to podcasts? What's a fly on the wall? A pervert, at the end of the day. Neville supplied taxis to Fast and Furious 6 when it was in London. His best friends with Vin Diesel. All he's got to do is pick up the phone and say, Vin, I've got an idea for a movie. Uh, y- y- you're an alien cop from the future. Gone back in time to save London from an invasion of shape-shifting Nazi trolls disguising themselves as uh, girls allowed. Uh, It's a race against time to get to Wembley Stadium before they play a big concert and turn the whole audience into a tidal wave of slime that's going to swallow London, Paris and Essex. But, and this is a twist for a man named Diesel, he can't drive, failed the theory, he needs someone who's going to get him places. Teach him a bit of history. Who's he gonna call? Ray Black. Vin Diesel. Ray Black in Streets of London. Nazi slime trolls from Mars. See, that's just one of many ideas. See you in Hollywood, baby. From me. From Eddie. That's adios. Au revoir. Arriva Dirty. Diamond. Diamond. I've only been a rider once in my life. Guess who was the cabin? Go on, guess. It's not a trick question. Prince Philip. Wow. Well, excuse me. I really didn't expect to be here. This is one of the honours of my life, thank you so much. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd just like to say a few words. First of all, I want to thank each and every one of you who's ever taken a ride with me. You're family to me, you know that. And I know that you'd do anything for me as well. And now, in no particular order, I'd like to thank the Queen, God Save Her, Mrs B, Pearl thats Eddie's Pearl, uh, Lindsay Buckingham of course, Sting and the police. And the police for keeping us safe. I'd like to say a special word of thanks to the Mayor of London, Mr Sadiq Khan, for telling Uber to do one. This is London. There is no place for you here, you hybrid wankers. And last of all, on behalf of everyone listening, I'd like to thank two people without whom Streets of London with me, Ray Black, would not be possible. They are, of course, the iconic, inimitable streets of London themselves. And the one and only me, Ray Black. We couldn't have done it without either of us. Take all very much and safe journey home.